Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Start of a new week, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming with you at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon, the 6th of July. Here's hoping that you and your friends and your family, whoever you were with over the uh, the 4th of July weekend, the Independence Day weekend, had a, uh, had a great time. Uh, you're able to get outside, maybe uh, get in the water, maybe get around the grill, do whatever it is you do. Uh, take in some fireworks, shoot some fireworks, whatever that was for you. Hope it was a uh, a really good time. We will tell you as we get started today, today the C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395 is the number. If you're ready for a better phone, C Spire is here to help. Get up to $700 off top smartphones online when you trade in a device and add a new line Plus, find options like free same-day delivery and curbside pickup in select locations. Shop now at cspire.com. Fellas, what's up? So, I think I'm going to teach my son how to play quarterback. Okay. I think that might be the play. Are, people, you the, are you the proper teacher for that? Oh No, absolutely not. But I will hopefully make enough money by then to hire somebody to teach him how to play quarterback. Because if quarterbacks are now getting 400 plus million dollar contracts i don't have to deal with the the youth baseball stuff i can Hmm. just have a football season that remains local and so we don't have to travel every weekend to be cost effective to pay for his quarterback coach and boom he can make 400 million dollars probably gonna take a few more hits than he's playing center field yeah and considering dad's genetics i don't think he'll be athletic enough but it's worth a shot yeah and you just keep keep dreaming. Better better keep me on the golf course or the uh, the tennis court and see what happens. Oh, buddy! Once he starts walking, I'm getting one of those plastic golf clubs. That that's really the route we're going to take. Is I'm going to try to steer him, give a gentle push towards golf. He can do whatever he wants. You got to let him do what he wants I, to do, Borky. Absolutely. And I was lucky enough to not have uh, one of those dads either. But a dear friend of mine that could have been really, really, really something in basketball, like elite level, like play Division One college like maybe gone to Europe, just got so burned out because that's all he was allowed to do. So every weekend he was traveling, doing AAU stuff. And by the time he got to like his junior year in high school, he was just done because he lost all of his childhood on basketball. I'm not going to do that. Hmm. But golf is going to be the thing that I like keep around him just to hopefully he'll pick it up. Mr. Haydad, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good to go home, see my mom. Hadn't seen her since Christmas, you know, with all this... Uh, yeah. craziness going on so it was, it was good to be home uh so so vicksburg uh, over the weekend i made a stop mm-hmm. at uh a restaurant coming through vicksburg yesterday for a uh, a little lunch on the way home where'd you stop 
at nukes. I mean, we took the Halls Ferry Road exit, and it was like, well, oh, you weren't you weren't far. There's from a spot me, but, that'll work. But that said, oh. yeah. What's the uh, what's the place that's got like the it's the the meat and vegetables on Sunday where they get the lazy Susans that spin around Walnut Hills. Well, yeah, Jane mentioned that, and I, I think it was a little longer than we were wanting yeah. to uh, possibly stop for lunch yesterday. Should have texted me. I'd have given you a couple of suggestions, but oh well. Well, unless your suggestion was, you know, faster than the the twelve minutes or so that we stopped and jumped back on the road, I, I wasn't looking I for. I was like, that that will work. Let's do a carryout order and uh, and get on the road. Uh, did you shoot any fireworks? Did you see any fireworks? Nah. Well, I mean, I saw them on TV. Other than that, no. I got gotcha. you. My neighbor uh, decided to shoot them after ten o'clock last night, but so so I got a second fireworks show. That's pretty cool, man. Oh yeah, it was great. Something tells me you're not uh, saying that it was pretty cool, but uh, I like Big fireworks. And your baby so. probably loved it. I'm very pro firework. Big firework guy on the fourth and, and like New Year's Eve, shoot them off for however long you want to. I get it. But Sunday yeah. night, the fifth, when it's ten thirty and you're still shooting them <laughs> off, I mean, you're kind of a jerk at that point. Kid slept right through it though, which was nice. But there if he go. didn't, I was going to go yell at somebody. Uh, you remember I told you on Thursday that my wife had suggested I grab some sparklers or whatnot for the uh, for the kids, and I might have gone a little overboard. Yeah, how'd that turn out? All is forgiven. All <laughs> is forgiven because the uh, the fireworks. So so we went with uh, with some close family friends to Lake Bruin, which is just across the uh, and it's like forty five minutes from Vicksburg. So you, so you go across the I-20 bridge going west into Louisiana and then uh, over to Tallulah and kind of wind your way back. Really cool spot. First time I'd ever been there. Super spot. And it was kind of it was just a lot of fun. But apparently they do a, a big Lake Bruin fireworks show every year that did not happen because of the forecast. They said, no, nah, we're not going to do it. Forecast turned out to be dead wrong for two solid days. We were really lucky on the rain Got a little bit of rain on Saturday afternoon, but we were prepared. Even though there was no like community fireworks, we created fireworks for the lake. And, and one of my buddies that was uh, was down there um, decided that uh, he would contribute as well. So he went and kind of doubled down on what I had already gotten. And so we had a legit fireworks show on the lake at like nine fifteen on uh, on Saturday night. We absolutely celebrated America, and it was great. Nice. That's what you're supposed I, to do on a day like that. Yeah. My little boy was, uh, Obi kept running up to me and he was like, I mean, can I help? Can I help? Can I, like, dude, I love you. I know you like fire. I've already let you help light a bunch of stuff. I need you to sit down over there just for a second and just enjoy the fireworks. You don't have to be the pyrotechnician right this second. That's going to be my job right now. You go sit down and enjoy the fireworks. So, I think he did. I, I told him last night. I was like, "Hey, I'll let you help next time." He's like, "Thank you." He's <laughs> like, he, he would rather light the fuses than watch them blow up in the sky. So I, uh, I guess I kind of get that. Uh, as I told you a second ago, ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Tim and Tupelo says. My next door neighbor must have gone to the fireworks tent where you buy two and get five thousand three hundred seventy nine for free. They shot Saturday night and then again last night until eleven thirty. Oh, what a jerk! Yikes! 
I learned something today, thanks to Pat McAfee. It, and it may be inaccurate if you're a fireworks stand guy listening and this isn't right. Uh, I'm sorry, but the former punter told me this. Um, apparently, they do those leases on the property for like a week, right? There's a, a tent by my house that's already being taken down. Yeah, and yeah. he said he knew a guy that, that did one of those. And once they reach their amount of money that they had to make in order to make it worth it for them, that's when all those deals come. So Pat said, go on the 5th, and you can buy, I mean, thousands of dollars worth of fireworks for a few hundred bucks because at that point they're just trying to offload their merchandise because their lease is about to run out. And so they're hmm. willing to sell it to you forever. So he said for years he's been stockpiling fireworks for other things on days after, like the 5th of July or June or January 2nd because that's when they're just trying to get rid of all their crap so they can close the tent down and and wait another few months for the next event. Not have to put it all in storage and then turn around and try and do it all over again. Yeah, they just... It's, it's the same thing with Halloween candy. It's best to buy it on November 1st. You can get it super cheap. Yeah, but Christmas then do you hold it for an entire thing. year? Well, that's the stuff we normally put out for the kids that we don't really care about. You know, just like, hey, <laughs> it's free. Enjoy it. Wait, put it out for your own children? No, 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 for the kids in the neighborhood. So, so you go low. and you buy Halloween candy for you. You already have purchased your 2021 Halloween candy. I think we have some of it in the house right now. Yeah, stuff so loaded with preservatives. What difference does it make? Oh yeah, no, I'm not questioning it. It, it wasn't just, healthy uh, from day one, so you know what do I care? Yeah. Uh, Ceasefire text line fireworks have a legit ten thousand percent markup. That's, that feels about right. Friend of mine. That's a pretty big some, markup. <laughs> Friend of mine had had some faulty fireworks this week, and he took a shot to the leg. Thing just exploded Ooh. on him when he lit it. Ooh. So. I was uh, I was disappointed with you know like the the little moon traveler bottle rockets, the ones that make the uh, the noise when you shoot them. They kind of whistle and then pop. Yeah, they were um, they were incredibly disappointing. I had about a fifty percent hit rate on those things actually working. Everything else was great, but the uh, the the Moon Travelers, no bueno, no bueno. <coughs> uh, Lucas says rain destroyed my chance of shooting an eighty or better at CCJ. Was on track to shoot eighty or below, but rain made us quit after fifteen holes. Uh, there's that dreaded sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I mean, eh, don't know if you're going to finish it out or not, Lucas. Sad day if you are a country music fan. Great Charlie Daniels has gone on to play the fiddle in the sky. No longer with us. Clearly, Devil Went Down to Georgia, his most famous tune. Rest in peace, Charlie Daniels. We'll be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. Thanks for being with us. You want to be part of the show? You can do so on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. We have had some people tell us that we were off a little bit on the markup. It's not 10,000%, more like 400% markup on uh, on fireworks. And in some cases, you will have dealers who really try to elevate that number and get in the 800 to 1,000% markup range, which is uh, still a heck of a profit margin. But you've got a really tight window to sell a lot of material 
and it's got to go. Uh, we get a message here that says you cannot insure stored fireworks, so that's why they discount them. They do not want to. Uh, they don't want to try and store them over the uh, off season. You ever so. seen one of those videos of a, a fireworks storage facility or factory that one of them caught fire and then it just everything else started shooting off? Yeah, it's kind of cool in a dark way because a building got set on fire, but it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. Uh, Mike in Oxford says his neighbor laid out a string that had 16,000 firecrackers in it. (laughs) So it seemed like 10 minutes solid of those firecrackers popping. What what possesses you to do that? Being, I mean, I'm sure there are ladies that have the same inclination. I just don't know them. I mean, my my simple answer is just being a guy. Yeah. And you like to blow stuff up. And it's kind of a legal way to blow stuff up. Is that a reasonable explanation? That's one that most people would accept, yeah. I don't know about these times, but usually. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm sure there are ladies who fall into that category as well. My wife just doesn't happen to be one of them. She would do nothing but roll her eyes, but would not be even, like... There's not one ounce of her being that would be surprised that I had put together a string of 16,000 firecrackers just to hear them go pop, 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 for 10 minutes. Not even a little bit. So, all right, what about the sports? There was uh, the hot dog thing on Saturday. 75 Are you disgusted by that? Yes. When I'm disgusted by it, that's how you know it's bad. It's gross. It's uh, first off. I talked about this it's, with uh with some friends. Like the whole idea that we're going to separate the hot dog and the bun, and we're going to put the bun in the water and mush. It, that first off, that's incredibly disgusting. But secondly, it's like cheating. You should have. We're not to really eat eating the hot, hot dogs. dogs anymore, are we? Eat the hot dog and the bun at once, and how many ever you put down, you put down. It's just dumb. Yeah, I love it. Why? Because what? Like, I mean, eighteen hot dogs eaten in traditional fashion would not be in ten minutes. Would not be nearly as impressive. <laughs> it doesn't sell the same way. Seventy five of them. Yeah. Did you watch any of it? Of course. Corky, did you watch it? It's part of Fourth of July tradition. It what's it's what makes America great is the Nathan's hot dog eating contest on the Fourth of July. I'm just disappointed we didn't get PETA protesters this year to make it even more juicy. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, yeah, I did not watch it, but it was not the traditional Coney Island setup. So what, what did it look like? It was in like some kind of warehouse somewhere. And, and they wouldn't tell you the exact location because they were afraid that people were going to try to show up anyway. But you had uh, like the counters were a good distance away. But yeah, it felt like it was in this underground. Like, you ever been to a wedding venue? In, like, a renovated warehouse? That's what it looked like. Uh, no. Most of the ones I've been to have been at churches, but that's okay. you never been to a wedding or a reception in, like, uh, there's some in downtown Jackson where it's, like, an old warehouse or something like that that has, in the way they built warehouses back then, was all brick, so the interior is really nice, and they get uh, polished up, like, they they finish the flooring and clean the brick, and they make just a beautiful inside wedding venue. You've never... Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. I'm with you there. 
Yeah, so, I'm so I'm that's what it looked like. That, that's the feeling and the image that that I got. It. That's what it looked like. It was in this this Were warehouse looking place. No, Were there people in there. Nobody inside. So all you heard was sloshing and squishing and Mike Gullick Jr. yelling. Yeah, they. I mean, the commentators made sure you didn't really hear what they were doing. Uh, they kept the natural sound mics like away a from their honeymoon. Eaters. Is all that sounds like. I don't know. Maybe you should have. Maybe you should have mic'd up the eaters. Like, like, really made this an intimate experience. We're, we're bringing you the hot dog eating contest in a way you've never heard it before. All the sloshing and smacking a man can take. Let's go. Yeah. Gross. Uh, all right. Burying the lead a little bit. Biggest story in sports today is a financial when Patrick Mahomes has agreed to a 10-year contract extension, which will make him a Kansas City Chief through the 2031 season, and the extension is going to pay him more than $40 million a year, a $400 million-plus extension, according to Adam Schefter, uh, at ESPN and others that are covering this, but we don't know how much more over four hundred million. Is it is it a four hundred fifty million dollar extension? Is it a five hundred million dollar extension? We just know four hundred million plus at uh, at this point. It is at which, least going to be bigger than four twenty five, or excuse me, four twenty seven point six. That is the the lowest that it could be. Uh, can according to Adam Schefter, I don't know how he came up with that number. But he said 427.6 is the lowest it could possibly be. Okay. Um, so he had two years and 27.6 million left on his deal. So they would take the 27.6 remaining and add it to the 10 years and four. Yeah, that's how he million. came up with that number. It's just yeah, what he, he had remaining left, and then the extension, the 10 years, is worth over $400 million. So it's The gotta, extension is worth. So he may not be, in terms of average annual salary, over $40 million. No, he will. The, 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 just the 10 years is worth $400 million plus. I understand that, but if you take $27 million and divide it by, put it in there, and then divide four twenty-seven dollars uh, yeah. uh, by 12, that could have you at like 38 or 39, or whatever that number is. Well, there are people that think that um, there could be language in the contract to avoid renegotiation down the line, and the only way you could get a guy to agree to a contract that is effectively 12 years long is to have language in the contract that says he has to receive a percentage of the salary cap each year. And so, because right now, agreeing to, let's call it a $40 million a year deal, is massive money today. For a quarterback, it's the biggest contract of all time, and I think he deserves it. He's an exceptional player. But 10 years from now, or or five years from now, with the television deals continuing to grow the way they do, if revenue continues to go up, $40 million in five, six, seven years is not the same as it is today. So people think that there is going to be, or there is language in this contract that says he has to get a certain percentage of the salary cap within a certain time frame of this contract. So that's what got him to agree to such a long-term deal, is that he knows it's going to grow throughout the length of the deal. That makes sense. Smart business, if, if, if that's the case, then. Very smart. And if the salary cap doesn't grow, he's protected, and he knows that there's a, uh, a floor as well. So he, I would think that he is guaranteed a minimum of the you know 40 or so million a year, but then it could grow beyond that uh, as well. 
So we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. So two years remaining on his current contract. I, I kind of like the fact that the Chiefs have been very, very proactive about this, and they went out and got the deal done. They just went out and got it done. No, none of this, Prescott, we're going back and forth on do we love you, do we not love you, do you love us, do we not? Uh, do you not love us? Um, the, you know, what's him the, winning a Super Bowl? Is that the reason? I mean... I mean, it seems like it's a on the heels of being the league MVP. So, so yeah, it's yeah. league no, MVP no, it followed just, by Super Bowl MVP. You know, with Dak, it's like, well, you know, he's been good, but the team hasn't been as good. Whereas this guy just won the Super Bowl and the MVP. You can, you know, no owner is going to sit there and say, maybe we should try to wait this out. You know, you'll have an uprising. Whereas, from what we've seen with Dallas fans, there there are some that would be willing to let Dak walk away. Yeah, which is a little crazy. It is, it is, but you know, fan is short for fanatic. That's true. Um, do you I, like this deal by the Chiefs? It's oh, a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like this deal. You locked up the best quarterback in the game for a decade. How would you? How can you? How can you say? Especially with in, in this day and age where quarterbacks are playing well into their forties, you got this guy's whole prime basically, and probably. We'll set yourself up for another great deal when he when it's time for him to go. I was thinking about this not long ago. What is his weakness? If somebody said, tell me what Patrick Mahomes' weakness is, because if you look at Brady, it's mobility. Uh, Breeze, arm strength. Rogers, attitude. Roethlisberger, durability. Everybody's got something that they just don't do. Russell Wilson's height, even though he overcomes it, that's still like his weakness. What is Patrick Mahomes' Weakness. Don't know yet. Which One is saying thing, something. If he's been in the league for four years and we don't yet know what his weakness is. One last thing. When this contract ends, the Mets will still owe four payments to Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Beautiful. Who's got it better than Bobby Bo? <laughs> Whole question on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M-I-S-S. Sporky, what is it? How many Super Bowls, how many more Super Bowls, will Patrick Mahomes win over the next 12 years, which is now the length of his new contract? Zero, one mm. to two, three, or four, three to four, or five plus? And so far, very early into the poll, 19% have voted zero. And I want to know who you are, and I want to talk to you about why you think that he's not going to win another one. Because it's hard to do. Huge Raider fans. Not that hard for him. I mean, he's not going to win. I don't think. I don't think anybody's going to do what Brady's done. But at the same time, two. To, I would say two to three is probably where I'm sitting. Yeah, I picked three to four. He's in a perfect situation. And who knows how long Andy Reid is going to coach there. But as long as he's going to coach there, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL year in and year out. And I saw a couple of former players and scouts say this today, so I feel comfortable in me saying the same thing. Haven't been around long enough, but I, of the quarterbacks that I've seen, he is by far the most uh, well-roundedly elite-level talent quarterback I've ever seen. He does everything at the highest possible level. He doesn't, as far as we've seen, have a... We haven't seen a flaw. And he's the most talented quarterback that we've seen so far, ever. And so when you combine that with the coach that he's got and the franchise that's built rosters the way they have, my vote was 3-4. to 
I think if everything stays intact and he stays healthy, there's no reason they're not going to win three to four more. Brady level, that's unprecedented. This, though, I think it's perfectly attainable. You're saying three to four more, which yes. means a total of four or five. Yep. I think he's that good. And he's the type of quarterback, like we've mentioned with Wilson. I know he's only got one, but he should have two. Uh, he's the kind of guy that doesn't need elite-level rosters around him anyway. And they're giving him one. But without it, he's still so talented, he can elevate production around him and be consistently the best for so long. The Super Bowl taught us that it's just the beginning for that kid. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but history just tells you that it's not going to work out that way unless you just say, okay, this is one of the best all-time quarterbacks. Um, I think he is. I think he's shown you in the early going that he has got, as long as he stays healthy, that, that is a big qualifier he has got every single tool required to be one of, if not the best quarterback to ever live. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that in the history of the National Football League, the number of quarterbacks that have appeared in four Super Bowls is seven. Not one. Appeared in. The number that have won four or more Super Bowls is three. And so I just think the numbers are against him. They are, but... Like, like, like I'm not saying it's not possible or that the skill set's not there. There's just so much else that goes into it. He stays healthy. Teammates stay healthy. You don't get clipped by a, an Eli Manning wildcard team when you're arguably the best team in the history of NFL football. Uh, I mean, just stuff like that happens. So my vote would be for one to two, and I would lean in the direction that over the course of 12 years he gets two more, which means he would have three Super Bowl wins, which would put him in a group with Tom Brady, who has six, Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana, who have four, and Troy Aikman, who has three. That's it. In terms of three Super Bowl wins or more, you have four quarterbacks in the history of the game that have done it. And you've only got three that have won four of them. I think he's on that level. Okay. I, I really no, do. No, no, and, and again, I'm not disagreeing with you about him being on that level, but if you say how many Super Bowls does he win over the next 12 seasons, I would say the odds are against doing it more than twice. Yeah. And, to I mean, get him to three for his career. So that's one every four years. I think he's got a division that sets up pretty well for him, at least in the short term, as far as uh, winning the division easily. That's kind of what helped Brady and the Patriots for so long. Yeah, they were great, but they also had the benefit of a pretty bad division. And I think they might have a similar setup. Not as easy, but easy enough, especially with um, how just good the roster is right now. But that's kind of my point. It's not just... His ability that makes me think that it's the situation that he was drafted into that makes me think that that's coming. Because his head coach, for however long he's there, the organization and roster building has just been so good lately that I don't see it falling off anytime soon. Do you not think that his style of play lends itself to having some durability issues? He's going to have to learn how to slide a little bit more, and he does that uh, for the most part. Uh, it's funny, I, I saw a video today of people comparing him blocking in space if the play called for it. 
uh, at Texas Tech versus now. In the like, he slides now just to get out of people's way. Whereas Texas Tech, he was willing to throw his body into people. So maybe he's learned how to protect himself a little bit. And he did have that ankle issue, uh, so it's not like he's been uh, perfect as far as injury goes early on in his career. But I don't see a weakness. I don't think there is one. I mean, he does everything well. He's got the height. He's got the arm strength. He's got the accuracy. He's got the creativity. He's got the mindset. He's mobile. He can do everything. Let me throw you you a curveball. I love it. Let's hear it. And and there are a couple of suppositions I'm making here that that maybe you have to stretch a little bit. But what if I told you he has the best offensive coach in the game in Andy Reid? I mean, and that Andy Reid is not going to be coaching for anywhere close to 12 years. And that's the thing to consider. I mean, co- coaches I mean, mean so much do, in the NFL. Do you they think really that's a do. terrible take that Andy no. Reid's the best offensive mind in the game? Who would be better? I mean, Sean Payton is the only other answer. Uh, Payton, yeah. Um, who else? I think Josh McDaniels is a pretty good offensive mind. Yeah, absolutely. He's and he's done it with. I know Brady's the GOAT or whatever, but it's not like he's had some plethora of offensive talent to work with around Brady. They've been able to do it with considerably lesser stars than most people have had. He's 62, by the way, right now, Andy Reid. Yeah, he's not coaching when he's 74. I don't think... I mean, he does kind of strike me as a football lifer. But I 12 more years is hard for me to believe. His first college coaching job was BYU in 1982. Hmm. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Borky, the same things were said about Aaron Rodgers after he won Super Bowls, uh, won one Super Bowl, and he's yet to win another. Yeah, it, very true. I do think Patrick Mahomes is more talented, uh, well-rounded uh, than Aaron Rodgers is or was at any point. And he's a product of of a situation, and that held him back. Football is one of those sports, right, where even though Russell Wilson has tried to defy those odds, one guy can't will a team to a Super Bowl. I mean, how many times has a team been just the quarterback and won a Super Bowl? Not many, even the Patriots. Didn't, with this year's draft, taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round, haven't the Chiefs already taken more offensive skill players than the Packers have in the first round since Aaron Rodgers was drafted? and I mean... There's a mentality there. People don't talk about it much. I mean, I, like hot take sports radio people, and I guess I'm not, I guess I fall into that category, I'm sure, um, have pointed at it for years. And uh, football writers have told them they're crazy, but there is something to Aaron Rodgers and personality and not meshing with teams and attitude and uh, running off good coaches and things like that. There's something up there. It doesn't seem to, to work well. Yeah, a couple of uh, really Shanahan good as well. Even though he's blown yeah. two Super Bowls, yeah, I was going to say there are three pretty strong texts in a row on here. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in the game. Uh, just don't ask Falcons fans. Uh, Mahomes' weakness is time. Is ten years enough to become the greatest of all time? And truthfully, uh, he could improve on play action. His play action QBR is about tenth among quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Okay, so that's an area. Where he could get better. Isn't that uh, crazy? Also though? Have... I mean, it, that, there's there's 100 truth to what he said, but his weakness. He's still a top third quarterback in the league, and his worst thing. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I think we're talking about Mahomes here. We went with Holmes instead. But uh, you can't compare what Mahomes could do in 12 years to what it took Brady to do in 20. I think after Mahomes' 20th season, he will be way better than Brady. True, and he's okay. a lot more skilled. I mean, there's there's more to playing well, the position and, and than the having way, skill. But we're not talking about in, in 12 years. We're talking about the next 12 years, which would be right. on top of the previous four years. So that'd be 16. So he'd be getting up into Brady range at that point. Look, if if, if Pat Mahomes wins two more Super Bowls, I mean, I, I, there's some that would argue he's already a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I'd like to see a little bit more than just what he's done so far. But he was a league MVP two years ago and a Super Bowl MVP last year in his fourth year in the league. That was his fourth year, right? Not third. It was fourth. Third year he started. And then played a little, and then, yeah. He wins two more Super Bowls. He's in the conversation for one of the best to ever play the game. And I don't care if he does it over 20 years or if he does it over eight years. You win three Super Bowls in eight years, and you put up the kind of numbers that he's putting up, I've seen enough. You're, You're good enough in my book. saw something on uh, the old twitters.com that made me smile. What's that? Apparently the Panda's taking some uh, ground balls over at third base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's been taking quite a few things. Pablo Sandoval taking grounders at third. The uh, tweet from Andrew Bagley reads, Pablo Sandoval taking grounders at third. His throws appear to have good carry. Did you see all the uh, the reaction to that and, and how he uh, Spaggerly had to not apologize, but he had to make a statement about that tweet? What was wrong with the tweet? The picture, man. Look how fat Sandoval is, man. He's huge. Why is he? That, lot- well, I mean, he's not supposed to pay, take a picture of him? Well, that's that's the thing. Like, it turned into a lot of uh, websites started aggregating it and turning it into Pablo Sandoval horribly out of shape and a lot of fat shaming, which, as you know, I'm very sensitive to. What so, did that reporter uh, think was going no, to happen? I mean, wh- well, I, I get, I get what you're saying, but th- that's oh, yeah, oh, wait, 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 stop for a second, though, stop. Yeah, yeah. Why did the reporter have to apologize? You have a 280 I mean, pound third baseman well, who's generous there. Okay, a 300 pound third baseman in Pablo Sandoval has been a really good player for a long time. The only question as to whether or not he can still play is whether or not he can move to his right or his left and bend over to field a ground ball and throw it over to first. Well, because, I mean, I see what you're saying. Because it's, it, it's bad to say that the millionaire athlete, uh, you might hurt his feelings because you say he's a little bit overweight. Look, man, I am wildly impressed with Pablo Sandoval if he is able to play Major League Baseball looking like that. Yeah. I mean, Prince Fielder did it. John Crook did it. They did it at first base. They didn't do it at yeah, third. True. That's true, too, yeah. You're talking about playing third base. Now, you don't have to have the range you have to have as a shortstop or a second baseman at third. you got to be able to move a little. you got to be able to go two steps to your right and be able to backhand a hot shot down the third baseline and try and keep it out of the left field corner for extra bases. And you got to be able to move two or three steps to your left. And frankly... You got to be able to occasionally charge a bunt and bend over and barehand it and throw it across your body on the run. Wait, so you're saying a professional athlete has to be in good shape to uh, to do their sport? 
Generally speaking, yes. Yeah. For the most part. We've lost our collective minds, man. Part of being a professional athlete is being in a certain kind of shape. And if you are not in that kind of shape, it is a story. Just like when Kelvin Benjamin showed up to Panthers camp fat. For a wide receiver, he was fat. And back then, before we lost our collective minds, that was a story. And people were okay talking (coughs) about the fact that Kelvin Benjamin showed up to camp really out of shape. Because he's a professional athlete and a wide receiver who cannot be in that kind of shape if he wants to be successful. Everybody was okay with it back then, but now, oh, we're body shaming the million-dollar athlete. Oh, you have to be more sensitive. He's a pro athlete. He's supposed to be in better shape. That's okay to say out loud. We've lost it. Everybody has lost it. Okay, so here's what Andrew Baggerly did. And by the way, this tweet was from yesterday. He sends this thread of tweets. Yeah, it's long. After viewing the reaction to the photo of Pablo Sandoval that I shared yesterday, I'd like to express a few things. Start with this. Denigrating or dehumanizing anyone for their weight or appearance is totally unacceptable. But Sandoval's weight has been an ongoing news story for more than a decade on the Giants' beat. He is expected to serve an important role as a lefty hitting third baseman. Switch hitting presence off the bench and potential DH, so his condition continues to be a newsworthy storyline. He's also coming off Tommy John surgery, which is why the original tweet noted that his arm appeared to be ready to play third base. But then he says, so why attach the photo? Because I'm one of like a dozen media members who get to watch these workouts, and it's my job to report on how the players are looking. Rather than comment on Sandoval's condition, I attach the photo so readers could decide for themselves. I wish I could have included included a few more shots of Pablo making throws, etc. Well, you could have. He says, to be honest, it took five minutes of trying to hold up my iPhone to my binoculars just to be able to snap one clear shot that turned out, and that's the one I posted. We'll get a better camera, bud. Come on. Truly wasn't my intention to choose the most unflattering picture that I could. Do I regret sending the tweet? As a reporter, no, it's news. It's my job, but on a personal level, heck yeah, I regret it. This is no time to add anxiety to someone's life, and I know Pablo had to be hurt by the reaction that followed. That sucks, and I'm sorry for it. But mostly, I'm disgusted by the ugliness and fat shaming from the media entities that co-opted the tweet into mean-spirited content for clicks. I'd encourage those folks to do some soul-searching and personal growth and blah, blah, blah. Are, Are we to assume that Pablo Sandoval even saw the tweet? And if he did, I promise you he didn't care. Because he's the one wearing the uniform, so the joke's on all of us. How long has Pablo Sandoval been in the league, hey, Dad? Ooh, a long time. I mean, it's got to be close to a decade now. Aww, you don't think it's longer than that? I don't think he was on that first Giants uh, World Series team in 2010. Really? Yeah, who was oh, one uh, was third? So let's see here. Pablo Sandoval got called up to the bigs in 2008. 2010, he played 152 games with the Giants. I don't remember much of his contributions that year. Hmm. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. I can't explain. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us on this Monday, the start of a new week. Going into the 4 o'clock hour, that means winners and losers is just around the corner. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Bull. 
There's a lot of it in wireless, but C Spire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. Here's the real deal. Best place for one or two lines, period. Unlimited talk and text, 10 gigabytes of high-speed data, $45 a line with auto pay and paperless billing. Without that, just 50 bucks a month. How's that for fine print? No bull. That's the real deal. Switch today at cspire.com slash real deal. Again, the number, 601-879-4395. All right, details on Pat Mahomes. Actually, time out. We'll get to that in just a second. Because certainly Patrick Mahomes falls into one of the two categories we're about to talk about. Just after 4 o'clock, on a Monday, means it's time for winners and losers. All I I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. What'd you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? You can bring individual localized stories. Maybe there was a great fireworks show you saw. Maybe it was your neighbor who was still shooting fireworks at 1130 on July the 5th. Whatever it is that you think is entertaining, interesting, fascinating from the weekend, whether it be good or bad, we want to hear from you in Winners and Losers. And clearly on this Monday Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, is a winner. He has signed a 10-year, $450 million contract extension. We'll pay him on average $45 million a year through the terms of, through the course of the extension. And he was under contract for this year, right? That's right. For the next two years. Okay. So he's still getting what he was getting already the next two years, which is $27 bucks over the next two years, and then the new deal kicks in, or does it just average out? I guess maybe we don't know the details of that yet. So what? Is the way it 20... it's been worded, and I'm, I may be wrong, the way it's been worded sounds to me like the 10 years are worth 45. I could be wrong, but that's the way they're wording it, at least until I'm taking it. Well, regardless, over the next 12 years, he's going to make an average of $39.75 million. So basically, $40 million a year for Patrick Mahomes for the next 12 years. It's good money if you can get it. Even after taxes, it's decent money. Even after taxes and what you have to pay to your agent, it's pretty good money. Not bad work if you can get it. So Pat Mahomes at the top of the winner's list, and look, he's earned it. I mean, not only the Chiefs, but no team in football is giving this kind of deal without the results that he has generated in three years as a starter and four years with the franchise. Drafted out of Texas Tech, gets drafted, and people are like, I kind of like that pick. Sits for a year behind Alex Smith. Slides into the starting role pretty good. Then he's a league MVP. Then he's a Super Bowl MVP in a year where he missed some time because of injury. And the Chiefs say we want him to be our quarterback forever. And they got him. Maybe not forever. I mean, Brett Favre signed a quote-unquote lifetime agreement with the Green Bay Packers and didn't play with him forever. But he's going to be with the uh, with the Chiefs for a really long time going forward. 
Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Well, you sort of know where I was going to go. Not a lot of sports, obviously, but I'll, I'll make it a little bit more specific. I, I think the best player in the Premier League the past since the, since Project Restart started has been Chelsea's Christian Pulisic, of course, who is the you know Captain America, the the top guy on on Team USA, and uh, he is playing at a really really high level. Uh, the, the kind of stuff I didn't really expect from him uh, this season. Uh, has scored a couple of goals uh, in in the four games they've played, but it's just been really really good for Chelsea, and as is starting to become. A real superstar, and that's great news for American soccer because you know you got an American playing in the what I think is the best league in the world, playing for one of the best clubs and playing at a really high level. Maybe that you know we always talk about it. Any day now, soccer's going to explode. Having a guy like like Christian Pulisic do the things he's doing right now will will go a long way for the game uh, here in America. Okay, even though he's playing in Europe, I think so. I mean, it's on, it's on American TV every every week, you know. European soccer in America has a higher profile than the American Major League Soccer. Oh, oh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, to me, though, the, the ability for soccer to grab the foothold that you're talking about when it is other countries' leagues that are more popular here than the MLS is, that's going to make it hard for it to get an NBA, NFL... College football, that, major league baseball type football hold. Oh, I don't think that's. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I do think it can grow. I mean, the thing about sports fans is they're willing to watch more than one sport. So what you just need to do is get the people who are watching football, basketball, baseball, just wanting. To, are they willing to add soccer to the rotation? Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Uh, Borky, give me a winner. Going to be nice before we get mean on this one at some point. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, aside from the headlines that he made over the weekend because he thinks professional athletes uh, should be immune to being on camera, uh, aside from that, it, what a spectacle he's put on over the last few weeks. Got another win yesterday, final round 65, but it's how he's doing it. Off the tee, the way he hits his driver is unprecedented in the sport. I mean, we're talking 350-yard-plus averages. His worst drive that was recorded on Sunday was, what, 345? And it looks like it's under control. I mean, he's accurate with it, but the swing itself is violent because to to hit it that far, it has to be a pretty violent swing. But he's very under control. So I think it's something that as long as he stays at that size that he can replicate for a long time because it's not this wild, out-of-control or inconsistent swing. For example, like John Daly going so far past parallel it and other things aside, that was an inconsistent golf swing. Um <laughs> Other things that also contributed to his... He was not drinking seven protein shakes a day. No, and he, I imagine... He was he, seven of something a day. I imagine Bryson worked out yesterday more than Daly ever has, but uh, that was an inconsistent golf swing. He's very much under control, and that's why it, it, he's able to be so accurate with the insane distance, and it's really enjoyable to watch if it was anybody else besides him. But he is a winner. That was a show yesterday. Yeah, he, he absolutely put on a show, and it's it's fascinating. And it's as much as it pains me to say this, I don't hate Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> the way you do, Borky. Um, but it's com- it's the most compelling golf television since Tiger Woods because it's different. It's it's a bludgeoning. Now, with that said, so he wins by three yesterday. Goes out and shoots a final round sixty five. If Matthew Wolf doesn't play like a one-armed goat for the first ten holes of his round, 
They were not talking about DeChambeau winning yesterday. We're talking about him finishing second again and being at the top of the leaderboard and still making a bunch of money. DeChambeau has made $2.1 million in four starts since the PGA Tour has resumed. That is getting it done. But if Matthew Wolf doesn't blow up, who went into the final round with a three-shot lead and had he had it evaporate and had a three-shot deficit by, like, number six because of the combination of DeChambeau playing well and Wolf playing like a, I mean, like like he had been introduced to the game of golf on Thursday. And I mean, this is after he played great for three days. So Wolf kind of threw up on his shoes, and DeChambeau took advantage. But something we said a couple of weeks ago, I think rings true even more so now, you can go ahead and get used to Bryson DeChambeau's name being on the leaderboard. Yep. He's not going to win every week, but he's going to be in and around the leaders pretty much every weekend. And when he puts the ability to shoot 65 or lower with some regularity is there. Because here's the thing, Borky. Not only is he hitting 350 to 400-yard drives and averaging 350 yards off the tee, everything else in his bag. He was hitting an 8-iron from 230 yesterday. You know, when you got sand wedge from 120, second shot into a par 4, you better make some birdies. But the most amazing thing about it with DeChambeau right now is for the week he was first in strokes gained off the tee and first in strokes gained putting. If he keeps that combination going, it's deadly. He'll win a major this year. Maybe more than one. I'd rather watch Tiger. I'd rather watch a bunch of other guys. But he is making you want to watch right now. Sports Talk Mississippi. Get to the loser side of things coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Monday afternoon, the 6th of July. Let's turn the page from winners to losers, plus a bunch of your winner and loser responses. There's, there's some good ones on here, too. That we're going to get to on the ceasefire text line coming up in just a moment. 601-879-4395. We're losers. Not because of anything in particular we've done, but because one week from today, we would have been in Atlanta, Georgia, for the start of SEC Media Days. And, you know... The week after the 4th of July, that's kind of when you turn your attention. That's when you turn the page. That's when you start locking in. Hey, Dad says he does it 365 days a year. Some of us need a little bit of a break. We kind of anecdotally talk about it year-round. But from the, for me, I'm just speaking for me, the week after the 4th of July, depending on when the 4th falls, is when I really turn the page. And I'm ready to go. And it's just a sprint to the start of the football season. And then it's a sprint all the way through it. But I don't know if we're sprinting or jogging or walking or crawling right now in terms of toward the start of the college football season. 
And we can dive in. It just feels a little disingenuous to maybe dive in in the way we have in the past. But maybe that's dumb. Maybe we just dive in head first, deep end, and see what happens. But SEC Media Day is not starting next week. I know there are lots of people that think it's a waste of time. Whatever. You're a loser if you fall into that category, Mr. <laughs> Media Guy that's smarter than everybody else. Um, But, yeah, I like that. Hey, Dad, you're agreeing with that one? 100%. I think we all lose a little bit, though, with no SEC Media Days, and we don't even have a, a date, which they're going to be a complete waste of time. Virtual Media Days, whenever that happens. The SEC sent out a uh, an email on Thursday afternoon it was like, hey, just wanted to give you a reminder. We're not having media days, and we don't have a date for virtual media days. We'll let you know. Just wanted you to not forget and plan to travel to Atlanta on Sunday week. Anyway. Hey, Dad, give me a loser. The Chicago Bears. Oh, Bears. <laughs> Once again, we get to... We will be analyzing the thought process that led to them trading up to pick Mitch Trubisky. For decades, it will go Wait, down. Is it as Mitch or Mitchell? It's Mitch, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and we will be analyzing that for, for the rest of our lives as one of the worst draft choices of all time. I mean, on top of passing on Mahomes, they passed on Deshaun Watson as well. That's that's two guys that will probably make between them twenty Pro Bowls. They've got one Super Bowl right now, and and I think they'll battle it out for some in the in the coming decade. And, and what do the Bears have to show for it? Just just awful. Again, and I say it every year around the draft, you know, I sometimes you just get enamored with these people for whatever reason. If you are a good college football player who piled up numbers and won games, chances are you're probably going to be a pretty decent pro football player as well, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, there's going to be exceptions on both sides, but there was never any justification to take Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes. And as we sit here, you know, what is it, four years later now, it looks even dumber today. And I think you hit on something. They had smartest guy in the room disease. Or trying to prove to everybody that you're smart, the smartest guy in the room. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was, you know what, we're going to pass on Deshaun Watson and we're going to pass on Patrick Mahomes because that's what everybody's going to do. No, no, no. You 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 traded up to not get those guys. You traded up to get a one year starter out of a not very good North Carolina program. Yeah. Hadn't even We're not even talking about Phil Linga Longo, North Carolina. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Didn't work with the guru. Uh, anyway. <laughs> wow. Porky, give me a loser. The Dallas Cowboys. Because Why? now, Dak and his agent, right, wrong, or indifferent, are going to use what Mahomes just did and signed for as leverage in their negotiations. It is not going to go smoothly because you couldn't sign him first, and now it's going to be even more difficult to get even anything remotely resembling a deal that favors uh, the team and the player. Good luck, because the agent's going to think that if Mahomes is getting 45, we're getting 40, and you have to deal with that now. Cowboys are big losers today because of it.
You want a uh, kind of a pessimistic view of the Mahomes contract for a loser? Pat Mahomes, loser for playing football. Biggest contracts on it. Now, he just signed the biggest contract, potentially, in sports history. Ten-year, $450 million extension. More than Mike Trout's 12-year, $426.5 million contract. More than Bryce Harper's 13-year, $330 million contract. Or John Carlos Stanton's 13-325. Or even Garrett Cole's 9-year, $324 million deal. You know what the difference in those deals and Pat Mahomes' deal is? They're all guaranteed. Ding, 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 ding. Patrick Mahomes, out of his $450 million contract, has $140 million of it guaranteed. Mike Trout, 12 years, 426 and a half, fully guaranteed. Same thing for Harper and Stanton and Garrett Cole. How is it that football is not the one with labor unrest? How do Major League Baseball players get those kind of deals and then be like, oh, we're not going to play? Maybe it's maybe what it is ultimately is Major League Baseball's willingness to fight to not lose the opportunity to get those kind of deals. I don't know. Uh, we will get to Bryson DeChambeau. Let's not take up part of winners and losers with that. There's an interesting thing going on there. Uh, let's see. Billy in Collinsville, loser. Hey, Dad, for talking about soccer on a sports talk show in Mississippi. You're so, so sharp and so funny. Kelso in Ocean Springs, loser. Dan Snyder. So much for never changing the team name of the Washington. By the way, did you notice over the weekend nobody's actually saying the team name? It's now just the Washington football team? Yeah. Yep. That's sort of uh, so, if you, there was a moment on Twitter where I saw some people saying, like, just because this is in the news, we don't have to say the name. So are we not supposed to say Washington Redskins anymore? Nope. I've even uh, seen some people jokingly say it's now called the R-Words. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah. Wow. It's done. It's over. And it's a business thing. I know there are. I've seen some people that are, and it directly applies to whenever people come after Rebels, too, in this state. Some people want Dan Snyder to just keep the name forever and say, middle fingers up to the, PC crowd, and we're not changing our name, but when it starts to affect your bottom line, it's a smart business decision at this point to change the name because they want to get a new Mm -hmm. stadium, and they want to get a new stadium at the RFK site. Well, the city's not going to let them do that while their name currently exists in its form. And now you've got a minority owner who's also a a major sponsor who is asking you to change your name. Once your bottom line starts getting affected... You've got the three... Minority owners who combine to own 40% of the team saying that they want to sell their ownership stake. And at that point, you don't have a choice. And so you can you can scream at the top of your lungs about PC culture, and I hear you. I'm with you. A line has to be drawn somewhere. I mean, the Frederick Douglass statue got taken down. We've gone too far. It's getting ridiculous. But when a 
franchise or soon to be a college athletic department is faced with something that directly affects their bottom line, it, they can't just put middle fingers up to the PC crowd and not change their name when it starts affecting dollars and cents. And and to make a point, you know, you're talking about Ole Miss a second ago. If it's up to Ole Miss and and almost every person that that supports Ole Miss, Rebels will stay forever. But if Nike says we're going to drop you, and Adidas and Under Armour say, yeah, we're not interested either, that's when you'll see stuff change. Donald in Oxford says winner Brooks Kepka because of his 4th of July Instagram photo. Haven't seen it, but based on what he and his girlfriend do on Instagram, I'm sure it was nice. Quinn says one-armed goat. Nice. Never heard that one before, but I'm going to use it now on every chance I get. Jerry and Hamilton, Matt Kenseth is a winner for a second-place finish at the Brickyard after coming out of a retirement just a few races ago. Joseph and Madison, I'm a winner. I got engaged. Hey. Love the show. Hey. Keep it up. Congratulations, Joseph. Moving forward, choosing all did a reasonably good job over the holiday weekend of not spending a lot of time on my phone. I would kind of check in and out just kind of to see if anything was going on. Is Kanye West really running for president? He has not filed any paperwork to do so. So, for whatever that's worth. Okay. Do we think Kanye West is actually going to run for president? You never know with that guy. Does anybody actually want Kanye West to run for president? Kim Kardashian, probably. I mean, probably be good for the van. Uh, the brand, I'm sorry. I wouldn't underestimate how stupid some people are. Uh, who would he detract votes from? Or subtract? Both, I would guess, because Both, yeah. the whole wearing a Make America Great Again hat and going to the White House thing probably got... well. But would those people vote for him over? I think it would be mostly Biden, actually. Now that I think about it, the almost not almost billionaire, but the hundred plus million dollar rapper would probably get more Biden voters than Trump. But wasn't he broke a little while ago? Selling seven hundred dollar shoes. I mean, maybe it's been a heck of a comeback, but. Um, I was thinking he was one that we read about a few years back that was broke. Oh, he's a, he is a billion dollar uh, rapper. One point three billion is his net worth. Really? Really? Must not have been him. Either that, or it's been a heck of a few years. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, it was three. Three billion. Yep. It is down to one point three. I must be thinking about somebody else. Clearly. I don't know. I, I feel like this. Is, I'm thinking about the right person. He's got $17 million just in cash holding. So maybe he was cash poor? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Can you if imagine you just $17 million just in cash? That I. Just because I, you were I, I was going to well. ask that question. Um, 
if you were a billionaire, hey, Dad, how much of that would you hold in cash that was, like, accessible within, I don't know, six hours? You know, I'm not a, a financial whiz, so I don't know what a good number would be. So if, let's say, we had a billion dollars, I mean, wouldn't it make sense to have, I mean, I don't know, a few million on hand, you know, just in case. I don't know why, but like I said, I'm not, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's like, it's like asking me, hey, Dad, if you had a 28 waist, what kind of pants would you wear? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I don't know either. I mean, it just, it, 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 yeah, I'm kind of I'm sure with we you. have I mean, some accountants out there who listen to us to give us, a, give us an idea of what, you, what percentage of your net worth should be available to you in cash. Yeah. And, and I think we're talking about two different kinds of cash. I think we're talking about available to you in cash in that you can go to the bank and get it or their boxes right, we're not talking or about safes your or whatever. Clip. Yeah. But then I'm also talking about I'm a billionaire and I have a room in my house that is, you know, got 18 inch poured concrete walls with a massive bank vault door on it in which I can walk in and can extract $7 million if I would like that nobody knows is there. You got like Other the Breaking my wife Bad service, you know, the Breaking Bad thing where Huel goes in there and lays down on the money kind of thing. You've just got a stack of $100 bills you could you could lay on when you want to. Doesn't seem like the worst idea. No. I'm not familiar with the particular scene that you're talking about. I remember the scene in Wolf of Wall Street where they were trying to tape the saran wrap the money to the <laughs> smuggler. Yeah. We'll, we'll call her a smuggler. We'll call her that. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it seems like there was another. Yeah, never mind. Um, plenty of scenes in that movie. Yeah, well, and then and then billions where Axe needs to get his wife and kids, like they need to go on the run, and he goes into the uh, like in-house vault, and they start pulling out gold coin, like sheets of gold coins and duffel bags full of cash. That'd be kind of cool, I think. I, but again, I don't, I don't know what the right number is. I wouldn't like announce that to anybody though that you were hiding no. a few million dollars in cash in your shoebox. Uh, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Good to have you along for the ride. Mike in Oxford says I haven't had a 28 waist since sixth grade. Here's one that says, I'm not a billionaire. I keep cash on hand looking for a deal because I'm poor. If you're a billionaire, you don't need a good deal. Chris in Madison says, half a billion of it in cash. That's just me. 500 mil. Just lay it around. How much like real estate would you have to have to stash $500 million? That's one of those things like in movies, they always say like, but somebody, you know, holding somebody for ransom. I want fifty million in small bills. Do you know how much that would weigh? Like fifty million dollars in twenties and fifties. Even hundreds, it's huge. So yeah, you would need a lot of room for that kind of money. Yeah, and a forklift, which you could probably pay for in cash. You could pay for it. Yeah, have a guy, <laughs> Bob, my forklift guy, one million dollars. Is two thousand pounds in twenty dollar bills? Yeah. Okay, so we can assume a million dollars in hundred dollar bills is forty pounds, right? 
something like that, yeah. I mean, I kind of did the math in my head. I'm just saying. Well, you're not far off, yeah. One, one, one fifth, it'd be, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get it. 17 pounds for a million dollars in one hundreds. What? That's what this says. Uh huh. Go back to your original math. A million dollars in twenties is the answer. How much is a how, how much does a million pounds? I mean, a million dollars weigh in twenty dollar bills. A million dollars in in twenties. This said. You said two thousand pounds. That's what didn't this you? said. Yes. Not not British pounds. No. 2,000 pounds. Which would mean a million dollars in $100 bills would weigh 400 pounds. There's no way around that. There's no way that a million dollars in $100 bills could weigh 17 pounds. Oh, that's... This this guy's an idiot. Uh, his headline said something different than the math. Uh, it is... Um, <laughs> A million dollars weighs 2,200 pounds in $1 bills. Uh, okay. I'm lost. Yeah, we, we've gone too far down the rabbit hole now. Yes. Yes. Philip wants to know how much a million dollars in Bitcoin weighs. <laughs> Depends on what day of the week it is. Well played. Um,. Borky, you were enraged by Bryson DeChambeau. Now, you had him on the winner's list because of the way he plays golf and the way he's bludgeoning golf courses, but enraged over his post-Saturday round comments, and which he really came off looking like kind of a moron. Yeah, I wouldn't call it enraged. It's just... Oh, you were enraged. Okay, I was enraged. Um, it's just a complete... Fire coming out of your ears... Smoke out of your nostrils, enraged. Just a complete lack of self-awareness of what you do for a living. Berating a cameraman for filming you after you act like a child on the golf course is not the cameraman's fault, and it's not his job to, what you described, as protect your brand by showing you doing something that you don't like. If you are a professional athlete, you should, number one, assume that you are always on camera, and number two, if you don't want people thinking that you do bad things on a golf course, maybe you just shouldn't do bad things on a golf course, and the entire thing would be avoided. But yelling at a cameraman, after you acknowledge that it's his job to film you, yelling at him... Because he's not protecting your brand is just petulant, childish behavior from somebody that just doesn't, I guess, doesn't understand the concept of being a professional athlete. You're always going to be on camera. You're never changing that. So either act better or get over it. He chunked a wedge out of the trap, got mad, threw his wedge, cameraman videoed it, and then followed him all the way to... The next tee. Was no, yeah, to the next tee. And Bryson went after him on, like, number eight green. And he was mad. And held on to it for a while. The Everything that Bryson DeChambeau has done in the last year has brought more attention to himself. 
at 40 pounds of weight. He's hitting it 350 yards off the tee. He's in contention. You don't want cameras on you. Don't bulk up. Don't hit it 350. Don't be in contention. Don't win. You do those things, cameras are going to shine brightly on you. And if you're a jerk, everybody's going to get to see it. Hey. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. What the heck is Major League Baseball doing? I mean, it doesn't feel like that's the first time I've asked that question over the last three months, two months, month. Maybe the first time I've asked it in a couple of weeks. So all of this, all of this, we're going to play 60 games, and we got a few players that aren't going to play, and labor unrest, and we don't know what the future's like, but we're finally to the point where on Friday, this past Friday, now it was earlier than that, wasn't it? It was in July 1st or 2nd. It's Thursday. Players started reporting, started practicing. And one of the scariest things you've seen at a ballpark happen in New York at Yankee Stadium over the weekend when Masaharo Tanaka was pitching to Giancarlo Stanton in a scrimmage scenario and Stanton hit a rocket off the side of Tanaka's head. Taken to the hospital, ultimately only a mild concussion, which is absolutely remarkable. Yeah. You heard two sounds in the in the video. You heard the crack of the bat when the ball and the bat made contact, and you heard the thud of the skull when the ball made contact with Masahara Tanaka's noggin. Unbelievable that he's okay. But I digress. Borky, we had all this build up to finally get to this point where we're gonna have ball. Right. So what do we have to do? We got to test everybody. Well, now you have multiple Major League Baseball teams today. I haven't read all of them. I know for certain the Nationals and the Cardinals not practicing today. No team activities today. Why? Not because they needed a, a break after four days of practice. They can't get test results on their COVID testing. Uh, did nobody think about this? Did nobody at Major League Baseball work this piece out of it out before you brought everybody back? Because I think the NBA's figured out that part. Like, you got to turn these tests around quickly. They did get Major them League almost Baseball instantly. Think, yeah, did, did Major League Baseball think they could just send them off to the state health department and they were going to be expedited because they were big league baseball? No, oh, it's like five-day turnaround time like it is for everybody else. So you got a bunch of teams going, we can't practice without test results. And you now got players going, I, mean, we, I didn't want to opt out. I wanted to play ball. But if they're going to bungle everything we do, is it worth it? I wonder if they are doing their testing in the cheapest way possible. That's why the NBA is able to get results. I think it's like the next day. I mean, they are as close to instant as they can be because they are spending as much as they possibly can on it. I wonder if Major League Baseball's done some 
cost cutting, if you will. So instead of doing whatever it takes financially to make sure that you can get tests done in an expedited fashion, they're doing it kind of how everybody else is. And because of that, that's why you've seen the delay. Uh, that's the kind of thing you got to do when you're on a sport that's not very profitable. No money to be made in baseball. There's no money to be made. They got to do what they got to do. Man, I just don't get it. I don't get how Major League Baseball can be run so poorly. I mean, Chris Bryant speaks out today. Um, I don't want to be insensitive to people who haven't been able to get tests, but as the country gets access to more of these, it's appropriate to talk about our situation here. What we agreed to was testing every other day, and we've had guys who showed up on Sunday... June 28th, and hadn't gotten tested again until seven days later. And you don't get the results until two days later. That's nine days without knowing. We want this to succeed. We have to figure this out. I wanted to play this year because I thought it would be safe. Honestly, I don't really feel that. That's Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's not a controversial guy in big league baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball addressed the testing delays in a statement on Monday saying that the results for 98% of the samples taken from June 27th through July 3rd have been reported as of Sunday night. 86 samples out of 3,740 remain pending as of Monday morning. They say our plan required extensive delivery and shipping services, including proactive special accommodations to account for the holiday weekend. The vast majority of those deliveries occurred without incident and allowed the protocols to function as planned. Unfortunately, several situations included unforeseen delays. We've addressed the delays caused by the holiday weekend and do not expect a recurrence. Nah. Not sure I'm okay with that explanation. Guess you'll have to live with it. Not a very good explanation, though. Horse Talk, Mississippi. All the pretty girls like you are taking, baby. I've been looking for someone like you to save me. Five o'clock hour, Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thank you for being with us. C Spire text line wide open, 601-879-4395. Upgrade your anywhere office with Microsoft Teams included. With Microsoft 365 from C Spire Business, their experts can equip your organization to chat, meet, call, and collaborate from anywhere on one secure, easy-to-use platform. And when you order from C Spire Business, they'll also provide dedicated 24-7 support to make sure you get the most from Microsoft 365 and help scale your services as your business needs change. Find the right plan for you at cspire.com slash Business. 601-879-4395. Again, that is the number if you would like to be a part of the show. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. 43 consecutive years, the F-150 has been the number one selling truck in America. 
can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So we've got an Ivy League announcement that is coming on Wednesday. It was last week where they said they would make an announcement as to what their plans were for the uh, for the coming year. And a lot of people think that the Ivy League is going to announce that they will be moving their football season to the spring, and it makes you wonder if it's going to be the first domino to fall. Brett McMurphy's even going so far as to say that that's what the announcement will be on Wednesday, is that they are moving the season towards spring. We also got Fordham, uh, who was supposed to play at Hawaii. Imagine that trip. Uh they canceled that game, and the reporter said they canceled it with the intention of moving their season to the spring. Not the same level as the one we're dealing with around here, but still. Yeah. Um. First domino to fall? Is this where we're all headed? People said this because the Ivy League was the first one to cancel their conference tournament. And so they're equating... Ivy League, you know, they got it right the first time, so that's going to mean the same thing here. I cannot imagine that Harvard University depends on football to some degree, or Penn or Brown or any of them depend on football in any way, shape, or form. Uh, The schools don't need it. The towns don't need it. It's very different. Maybe it is the first domino to fall, and maybe like the SEC, for example, decides that they don't have a, they just can't pull a season off. But this is not the first domino to fall. The decision makers at the Ivy League and who they are responsible for and what comes with their decision is very different than that of the SEC. If there's a way that a season can get pulled off, they're going to do it here. There's more risk, or more risk. Uh, there's more things to lose here if they don't play, whereas the Ivy League can just kind of do football whenever, and they don't really lose anything. Well, let me throw a series of scenarios at scenarios at you. With with the understanding that the best case scenario is probably not likely. The best case scenario is season is played as planned. Begins Labor Day weekend, includes the full 12 games, a conference championship game, the bowl games, and the playoff. And we do that with 100% capacity in stadiums. I don't think there's anybody that really believes right now that that scenario is going to play out. Is that is that fair? There's yes. not one person. Hey, Dad, you a true believer? You, you hanging on I to mean- that? I'm not hanging on to that, but I I disagree with Morgan. There's probably some people who. Oh yeah, no stakeholder. I guess is what I should have said. Right. Yeah. That that I agree with. Okay. So, some different scenarios that have been discussed. Give me a. Yeah, this is not a whether or not you think it's likely to happen, but a how much you like the idea, knowing that we don't have a perfect scenario out there. So, so one being you hate it, ten being you think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Give me a one to ten on on some of these scenarios. Attempt to still play a full season, but eliminate open dates and push the start of the season back to October. That's a seven or eight. Okay, kind of like that idea. It feels like that's the best opportunity to 
get a full season in, right? Because there that just extends the amount of time where things can get better. Yeah, and, and bye weeks. I mean, these guys can live without one, especially if we're, if we're going to give them another few more weeks to prepare. Then I think they'll be okay. All right, let's uh, let's push this thing back to the start of October, like we just said. Reduce the or get rid of the bye week. And reduce the season from 12 games to 10 games. What are those 10 games? Yeah. If if that scenario plays out and it's 10 SEC games, I think that'll be just fine. Uh, Just for now, let's say eight conference games and two non-conference games. I mean, it, it, it seems likely that you might have to lose your FCS game. Some of those schools are just, they may not play football at all this year. Yeah, that's and true. And then, you know, uh, for Mississippi State, right off the top of your, your head, you think about New Mexico. That, that That's an FBS school that isn't going to have a huge budget for things that they could have to cancel. So, yeah, I mean, that that's a reasonable scenario. I don't like it as much as and I like New Mexico's the first one, obviously. not FBS. Sure they are. F, FBS. Oh, I thought you said FCS. I'm sorry. No, FBS, yeah. Yeah, they are a bowl subdivision team, yes. Yeah, State, State's FCS game is against Alabama A&M. Um, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, if you said rank it, I mean, I rank it below the other one, it's a six or a seven. Okay. Um, Playing a full season but not starting it until the first week of February or the you know middle of January, whatever the time frame is. It's just, I just don't know. I just don't know how you're going to make everything else work because now we're, are we delaying basketball? Are we delaying baseball? We're we going to try to play them all at the same time. I don't know what you're going to be doing. I do love for a one-time thing the idea of having football, basketball, and baseball season at the same time because the just poss- chaos. It would be I mean just chaos. I mean you could It'd have be so much fun. If you could get them all on the same weekend, though. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, imagine playing baseball on Thursday night, baseball on Friday afternoon, basketball Friday night, or vice versa, football on Saturday, baseball on Sunday. That would just be an incredible weekend on so many levels. I just – who's to say, though, if they're going to go down that road because – I mean, they could play a season. The NFL is going to. I don't think their schedule is going to shift much unless things get really dire. Um but who's to say that if you move the season to spring to guarantee that you can have full stadiums and stuff, that you're going to have full stadiums and stuff? So if you move the season from September to February because capacity wasn't going to be able to be anywhere close to full and you think you can make more money in February, what happens if this doesn't go away by February? You moved your season back and you still aren't going to make the same money that you thought you were going to. Yeah. That's true. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Sports ain't happening. You guys better get creative and trust your loyal listeners won't leave you. That first sentence is wrong I, because, I mean, the NBA teams are leaving Wednesday to go to Orlando. They're going to play. Uh, the NFL, unless I'm crazy wrong, they are going to find a way to play. They have mm-hmm. They have billions with a B tied up into television contracts. They have to play. They're going to find a way. Maybe not, look, college football may get screwed, but we're going to have sports this fall. The PGA Tour is already going. We're going to have majors this fall. We're going to have NFL. We're going to have baseball, even though it's kind of a dumpster fire. They're going to figure it out. We're going to have NBA basketball. Sports are happening. Ceasefire text line. 
How many of you guys keep your current job if football season doesn't start until February? Well, I hope it's three. <laughs> it's a question that I don't want to think about, my friend, and I've tried not to. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'd like to think I know the answer to that, but I don't know the answer to that. I don't think that radio is going anywhere. And I am confident that Super Talk Mississippi and Telesouth Communications are not going anywhere because it's public service. I mean, it's entertainment and it's politics and it's news and all those things, but radio at its core is a public service. And anyway, that may have been more serious than you wanted to uh, wanted you to know. Um... Let's see here. 601-879-4395 if you want to be part of the conversation. Play out a couple of other scenarios and see what feels like is likely. We'll be back after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Can I just go back to the what the heck are you doing Major League Baseball and say get your act together. We've got Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer on opening day. On July 23rd? Give us that! Please! By the way, uh, Masaharo Tanaka, the uh, line drive that he took off of the head, off the bat of Giancarlo Stanton, exit Velo 112. Mm -hmm. Richard, uh, Ian Rappaport has just reported... Mahomes' ten-year extension is worth five hundred and three million. Oh, I see your four fifty and raise you half a half a hundy. He gets four hundred and seventy-seven million in guarantee mechanisms. I use the quote fingers when I said mechanisms. I don't know what that means, but he has outs if the uh, guarantees aren't uh, exercised, and he has a no-trade clause. Half a billion. Is that Schefter or Rappaport? Rappaport. And now Schefter, it's everybody. Schefter, almost the exact same thing. Ten-year extension worth up to $503 million. $477 in guarantee mechanisms. And ability for Mahomes to have outs if the guarantee mechanisms aren't exercised. No trade clause. His agent's Lee Steinberg. Guess uh, he got shown the money today. Gosh. I'll go ahead and leave after that. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Sorry about that. Lee Steinberg has uh, had a bit of a comeback tour over the last couple of years. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I need to get on that. He needs to have Return of the Mac played every time he walks into the room. <laughs> he made $50 million today. <laughs> Kids, don't be... Yeah, don't, Borky, don't tell your kid to be a... a uh, a quarterback, get 10% and just be an agent and you don't have to take the hits. My dad once said that to me once when I was in college. He's like, why are you trying to do media? He's like, be an agent. It's Your actual money at agency. <laughs> smart man. Because think about it. At least I'm getting, Mahomes isn't his only client. He's getting 10% off of all of them. Well, hold on a second now. They're not getting 10% off contracts. They're well, getting fine, 10%, whatever. Yeah, 10% off marketing deals, like 3 to 5% off contracts. So it was oh, only twenty five yeah. million. No, oh. Made twenty five million today, Richard. What yeah. you made, Jeez Louise? Less than that. Yeah. 
God. Somebody, by the way, on the text line earlier today, the ceasefire text line said, Richard says tens of millions is only a little money. He must be a high roller. Yeah. Fires up yeah. cross one, travels yeah, cross that, country. And that's that's no what it is. That is what it is. Oh. Uh, Going back to the college football thing. What feels likely right now? I don't think the season's going to start September 5th. I think it'll start in the fall, but it won't start September 5th. We get COVID positive rates going up. We do have death rates going down. Yeah. Depending on whose reporting you look at, hospitals are in pretty good shape to handle the increased rates, or hospitals are on the brink of disaster. I mean, it completely is shaded by whose coverage you read. So you can kind of believe whatever you want to on that. Um, there is a doubling down on the whole got to wear a mask thing. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think that's going to be another thing. The mask will probably be mandatory. It will be a that's requirement why I mean. to enter a stadium. And it would make sense in that if you're gonna if you want to do that, it makes sense to push back a month where it's a little cooler because asking people to do it in hundred degree heat, you know, I'm not one of these masks are bad for you. They're cutting off your oxygen. That that's crap. But it, it does make, it, it, it's just hot. Yeah, it's it's you know, and older people are gonna want to come to the games, and if they take the right precautions, they can. But if wearing a mask and being out in that heat, it's it's just difficult. Um. We got politicians all over Mississippi that are either testing positive or are w- awaiting test results, including the governor, who is awaiting test results. Last I saw on Twitter, you have local communities who are trying to decide what do we do. Am I crazy for thinking that the most likely? thing to come will be the all-conference schedule with maybe one or two additional non-conference games, but it'll mostly be that, to limit travel, to be, um, you don't have to get on a plane mostly, unless Florida has, well, of course they do, Florida and Missouri, maybe they have to get on a plane, or that's a miserable bus ride, but for the SEC West, you can bus everywhere. You don't have to get on airplanes. You can maintain some semblance of some kind of a bubble and everything logistically is just much easier to execute than flying teams all over the country and dealing with other leagues and other states where in the SEC's put, footprint, you have to deal with a handful of states, and that's it. Whereas, I had thought about that. I had thought about that the other day. It's just thinking about myself. Like, if I'm traveling to cover these games, am I really going to want to fly to Raleigh or to Lexington? I might just drive just to avoid flying. Even like even Lexington in, in November – or it might be bad weather. I, 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 was, I was just thinking about that. It's like, do I really want to get on a plane? I don't know. Yeah, the idea that getting on a plane does not bother me. But, and, you know, that's one of those to each his own things. How about this? How about this on the ceasefire text line? Actually, first, Larry and Jackson says, mask over the nose or under the nose? <laughs> hey, Dad. Tell um tell Larry no. and Jackson about the meme I sent you a little while ago. Well, it's more about, you know, how do you wear your underwear? Anything poking out of that? 
Wear your mask over your nose, guys. Yeah. If your nose hangs over the top of your... Yeah, never mind. I, I think you described it well enough. Uh, where did this go? Uh, there's one that says COVID will be gone November 4th. Got yeah, depending on who today. wins. Depending on who wins, I tend to agree with you. Oh, this is what I was looking for. The more I listen to you, all you care about is having sports. I haven't heard one thing about people. Okay. Well, that means that you are a new listener. And I would remind you that we have been covering COVID-19 slash coronavirus since March 12th. About a week after March 12th, my wife, who is a business owner, had to close her store. Close it for six weeks. She reopened on April the 29th, the first day that she was allowed to reopen with limited capacity and has been open ever since. I would think that you might be hard-pressed to find a sports talk radio show in the southeastern part of the United States that has spent more time talking about the economic impact on local communities than this one. Because, to me, maybe the biggest single storyline has been what this does to places like Oxford, Starkville, Hattiesburg, Athens, Tuscaloosa, Auburn. I'm less worried about what it does to a Lexington or to a Knoxville or to a Columbia, South Carolina, or even a Baton Rouge, because those are big cities. But in Oxford and Auburn and Starkville and Hattiesburg and Fayetteville, Arkansas, Columbia, Missouri, places where the biggest employer is the university, and the economic impact has a trickle-down that is so big it can't even really be measured. If you don't think that's talking about the uh, human toll on this, I can't help you. But as an aside, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is a sports talk radio show. And we've tried to be kind of creative in the way that we talk about everything that's been going on for the last four months now. But covering the sports angle of COVID-19 and coronavirus, kind of what we do around here. So, listen... Hear, don't hear, whatever. And some of you are saying, "Look, guys, why are you even? Why, why are you even addressing that?" I just, you know, just thought I would. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertime, uh, supertalk.fm. I got some names for you, boys. Tell me when I hit one that rings a bell for you. 
Don Lerman. Eric Badlands Booker. I don't know who that is. Carmen Sincati. Sonia Thomas. Cookie Jarvis. Crazy Legs Conti. Joey Chestnut. You know who Eric Badlands Booker was? Yeah. How? He's a competitive eater. I know who he is. Isn't he the only guy that's ever beaten Chestnut in a hot dog competition? He does a lot of videos on YouTube where he, like, does really disgusting things. Uh, I thought Kobayashi beat him early on before that got kind of Yeah, Kobayashi got him a couple times, yeah. He beat Chestnut in something, then. Yeah. All right, so uh, we know that Joey Chestnut on Independence Day, just a couple of days ago, uh, ate 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes, and he set a world record. Not just hot dogs, hot dogs and buns. Nathan's famous hot dogs and buns, 75 of them in 10 minutes, broke his own record by one. 74 was the previous record. But hot dogs are not, it's not the only food for, uh, for, for which world records are kept. So, loosen your belt and listen up. And make sure your gag reflex is in order. Mm. Chicken wings. Long form. What does that mean? So they're not cut into drums and, um, Whatever you Flats. call the two bones, flats, Flat. uh, yeah. they're all they're still connected. Whole wings. One hundred eighty-two chicken wings in thirty minutes by Joey Chestnut. It's a lot. It's, a lot. <laughs> it's more than I could eat. Uh butter. This one bothers me. Seven quarter pound sticks of salted butter in five minutes. <laughs> Just give I, me a headache to think about. I get the wings and I get the hot dogs and I think he's got the uh, the Corinth Slugburger record too. I think. Um, but butter? No, that's Don Larman. That's not Joey Chestnut. It, oh, so it's not Chestnut. Well, he competed no. in it. I know that. Um, but those are like real foods, you know, that people eat. Regularly, but nobody's shoving sticks of butter down their throat. So, why is that a competition? I don't know, Margo. (laughs) Is that a reference from uh, pre nineteen ninety two when I was born? Because it went over my head. Come on, I got it. Christmas vacation, Borky. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, before I, I was born, so. Uh, but I love that, that there's no qualifier on this. Five and a half pounds of buffet food. It doesn't specify. Yeah, like, just just any old five and a half pounds of I mean, buffet be, food. Could just be shrimp. I don't know. Eaten in 12 minutes by Crazy Legs Conti. Oh, this one's leg. bothersome. Six minutes. Carmen Sincati. 2.438 gallons of chili at the Orlando Chili Cook-Off. Two and a half gallons of chili in six minutes. You haven't done the worst one yet, so I guess that's coming. 
47 dozen, uh, dozen Acme Oysters at Acme Oyster House in eight minutes. Should have done the math already. So 47 dozen, you said, right? Mm-hmm. In eight minutes. 564 oysters in eight minutes. That's 70 and a half oysters a minute. Yeah, okay. I like I mean, oysters. They're, they're not being chewed. They're just being swallowed, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's down the gullet. Six 11-ounce chicken fried steaks with country gravy at the Lone Star Cafe in 12 minutes. 21 baseball-sized matzo balls in 5 minutes and 25 seconds. I learned what that was yesterday. I didn't, never had one. Four 32-ounce bowls of mayonnaise. That's the one. In eight minutes. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, just, oh. How could anybody, how can anybody want to eat mayonnaise, first and foremost? But then secondly and far more importantly, why? I feel like that would kill me. I think my body would say, just screw you, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting myself through this anymore. I got a question about not this one, but the next one. Joey Chestnut's got the next two records. <clears throat> 45 pulled pork sandwiches in 10 minutes. I'm duly impressed by that. I'm less impressed, though, by 53 soft beef tacos from Taco Bell in 10 minutes. Tell me you can eat 45 pulled pork sandwiches. He's probably doing But only water 53 thing, yeah. tacos? He's probably doing the water thing again with the sandwiches and, like, you know, melting down the bun. Yeah. The taco probably has to stay intact, so you can't, like, dunk it and then... Because you can't, you're just going to scoop the meat directly into your mouth. I don't know how you would do that. Richard the the Locust Lefevre, six pounds of Spam from the can in 12 minutes. All hail the Locust. What a great name. I would love to hear the story behind that. Uh, let's see here. Sonia. Sonia was the one that ate 47 dozen Acme oysters in eight minutes. She also knocked back 11 pounds of cheesecake in nine minutes. I like cheesecake, but geez Louise. Uh, we, got a, we got an interesting text here from, from an eating champion. Let me read it. Uh, this is Tony from Lawrence County. I am the reigning JT Show Costa State Fair Eating Contest champ. I ate 10 full chili dogs in 9 minutes and 2 seconds of the last contest JT had around 2015 or 2016. Tony, did you, eat them, did you have to eat them whole, or were you allowed to dunk the bun? That's my question. The fact that he only ate 10 leads me to believe he had to eat the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to say he had to eat the whole thing. How many chili dogs could you eat in 10 minutes, hey, Dad? I don't like hot dogs, so None. Eh. Know what those are made of? I would say I could eat four, maybe five. Sixty-one ears of sweet corn in twelve minutes. <laughs> He's gonna be typewriting nothing. That's it. You're just motor mouthing the corn. Boom! That's exactly what you're doing. Your motorboat. Thirty-four large cannolis in six minutes. 
I like cannolis. I don't know if I can eat 34. 91 Chinese dumplings in eight minutes. Now, those are only a couple bites. Now we're getting to something where I'm, I'm like trying to wrap my head around it. Could I do that? Six and a half pounds of crawfish in ten minutes. God, just shelling them is five and a half. Uh, uh, three pounds and three ounces of pickled beef tongue whole in 12 minutes. That's just one of those why. I just shouldn't have even read that one. I mean, that's just like, I I want to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. What What's something nobody else is willing to do? Uh, 45 conch fritters in six minutes. Ooh, never had conch fritters. I heard they're good. Mm-hmm. 103 Crystal Burgers in eight minutes. That's a Joey Chestnut record. Man, I feel bad for his toilet. Oh, they purge all that. I mean, they must. Yeah, Chestnut didn't uh, grenade, digest man. 75 hot dogs the other day. That that stuff came 55 right back 55 glazed donuts in eight minutes. That is four dozen plus seven. Only way you can do that is if they're warm. Yeah, they got to be like that Krispy Kreme ready to melt on your tongue kind of thing going. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of chewing happening there. Could either of you, if I just went and picked up a dozen warm Krispy Kremes, knock back a dozen it, it, right away if you had to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I could. I think I would. it would just be so bad after the fact. Yeah, like I would want to, like, go to lay down for a while afterwards. The sugar headache would not be worth it. But yeah, no, no. I, and oh, can you imagine the crash? Yeah, you're gonna be so you're gonna be so bad. No. Uh Vance and Tuplo says Roto Rooter is missing a sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> we got one and I think this in all caps with two exclamation marks, stop. Yeah, I agree with that person. Walter in Houston says he can beat the uh the crawfish record. Six, six and a half pounds in eight minutes, I think it was. It's the eight minutes is the problem. I can eat six and a half pounds without a problem. Robbie suggests that he's got a challenge for us, fitting six powdered donuts in our mouths without swallowing. Says it can't be done. I believe that. (laughs) Chief Invaden says, hey, dad doesn't like hot dogs or mayo. Something ain't right with him. Believe that. Thanks for killing my appetite for tonight. We'll be back. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.